Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Season 2 of Surviving Motherhood. I'm Chris, a wife and mom of four boys. And I'm Rachel, a wife and mom of a boy and a girl. We're sister-in-laws living in the South just trying to laugh through the ups and downs of motherhood. So grab your coffee or wine. And settle in for some real talk. Hey everyone, welcome to Surviving Motherhood Podcast. We are back with another episode and our first interview of the season. We have Ashley, a mama of one here, and she's here today to talk to us about her adoption journey and um, how that's been for her and her family. And we're so excited. This can be, you know, a little bit more of a sensitive subject. So we haven't really found anybody that um, wanted to talk about it. And so when we came across Ashley's page and how she's sharing her journey, we just thought she would be a perfect fit to come talk about it. And I'm here with Chris, of course. How you doing? Good. Hey, guys. Oh, so let's go ahead and get started tonight. Ashley, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. All right. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm Ashley, born and raised in Arkansas. I am married to my husband, John. We've been married for about three years now. Um, And we have one baby boy, like you mentioned, who's adopted. Mm -hmm. His name is Ellis, and he's about seven months old, and he's just the light of our lives. We're just having a lot of fun with him. That is my favorite age, like right whenever they're... Like sitting up, smiling, getting a personality. I love little seven months. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's exactly right. He, I feel like he's kind of independent where he can, you know, I can take a shower and yes. <laughs> do things like that. But at the same time, he's still so sweet and so cuddly and, and still needs you. Like I'm not yes. ready for him to go to college yet and not need Right. <laughs> so it's, it, it really is a good age. If I could do without the teething, but other than that, it's a good oh, age. Yeah. And is he crawling yet? Because then it kind of gets a little more difficult. He's not, but I wish, honestly wish he would because he's inchworming across the floor and he's rubbing mm. rashes on his face uh. <laughs> from cra- like inchworming and he puts yeah. his little cheek on the carpet or on the floor or whatever it is and yeah. he's got the worst rash constantly on the right side of his face people are gonna think i <laughs> so beat him or something yeah so he's mobile just not not, not easily not- mobile <laughs> i know and i think that he's really like got it figured out like this morning a toy was a little bit out of his reach and I thought oh here he goes he's gonna crawl he's gonna go get that toy he really wants it I could see it in his eyes <laughs> but this little thing pulls it was on a blanket and he just starts pulling that blanket toward him to make that oh, toy come closer wow. to him oh problem solving it is it's so I couldn't be mad at him yeah that's, smart. <laughs> that's really good buddy <laughs> but like crawl dude but, that's yeah. hilarious so yeah oh, ours we're like- right there the further that they get, the lazier because their big brothers just like bring them everything. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm like, stop bringing him something so he'll learn how to crawl. Yeah, no, I, my husband's the same way. He kind of just hands it to him to make it easier yes. on us. But I'm like, we got to teach him. Mommy and daddy aren't always going to be there. <laughs> you got to crawl for yourself, buddy. Yeah. Oh, Go get a job, buddy. too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Start pulling your own weight around here. Oh, that's cute. Okay, so tell us, like, when did you – I know that you've said on your Instagram that you had fertility issues. So tell us – when you figured that out, how you figured that out, that kind of part of your story. Yeah. So, um, I was actually, I was in college. I was around 21 when I started thinking something's kind of off. Um, and it was after college, I started going to a gynecologist and doing just a thousand different tests. You know, when you finally get health insurance after college (laughs) and, um, can afford those sorts of things. And, um, and, yeah, it was, I was 21 or 22 when they told me that basically my ovaries don't work. Um, they called it menopausal, premenopausal. So I'm 21 or 22 and I've already gone through menopause is essentially what the problem was. Oh, wow. Which was a big pill to swallow. And it was kind of, it was so weird because it, in one hand it was like, oh, cool. I don't have a period. I can't get pregnant. Like at 21 or 22, these are kind of good things good that thing. happen to you. <laughs> But at the other, you know, the other hand, I'm like, well, down the road, and you're kind of thinking of those sorts of things. And um, so, but I had a while, I was single at the time and lived on my own. I kind of had a lot of time to marinate in that and figure it out and understand it and deal with it and do research and whatever you need to do to cope with it before I met my husband. Um, okay. Well, I met him in high school, but then when we started dating, it was our second date that I told him about this. And he said, okay. Pump the brakes, first of all. Yeah. We're not talking about kids yet, you yeah. freak. That's but, hilarious. Yeah, but he was like, That's I understand. I get it. It's cool. And he said, I've always wanted to adopt. One of my good friends is adopted. I've always wanted to adopt. So it kind of worked out anyway. But let's stop talking about it. It's awkward. Yeah. Is what he said. <laughs> like, we'll hit the uh, – I'm cool with it, but, like, don't talk about not that. Not on the second until, day. We'll, yeah. we'll circle back in a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's hilarious. So we were um, on our honeymoon in – um, St. Lucia and oh we went to St. Lucia oh it was so pretty mm-hmm. but I said you know we're kind of like sitting in the hot tub one night we're at the resort and having a glass of wine and just sitting around and I was like are you ready to talk about that baby thing yet and he's like really <laughs> <laughs> but, like this is the natural next step <laughs> yeah but um because just because I knew it would take so long whatever option we had, you know, what we had to figure out, I knew that we weren't just going to be able to like, Hey, let's go have some fun and have a baby. It wasn't going to be like that for us. But so that was in October and it was January that we started finding a fertility clinic and looking into our options and going to doctors and doing tests and things like that. When um, they determined that I didn't have eggs, I don't have ovaries, so I don't produce my own eggs, but with a donor egg and my husband's sperm, we could potentially make an embryo and everything would be fine. Hmm. Um, and so that's you true. Carry them. Poten- I mean, I know obviously you didn't go that route, but that's what they were saying. Yeah, no, but we did, we did go that route. Um, oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, sorry. So we had, um, long story, not very short, but we had five embryos we came up with. So we had a donor egg. I've never met her. I don't know who it is. I, I couldn't even pick her out of a lineup of two people. I, it'd be a 50, 50 guess. <laughs> and, but we had her eggs and my husband's sperm. They mixed them together. They made five embryos. And over the course of a year, we did IVF cycles and transferred one or two at a time. Um, 
And some of the times I never got pregnant. Some of the times I got pregnant and miscarried. But ultimately, we spent all of those embryos and and were left with nothing more than we had when we started. Mm. Wow. I yeah. bet that was, uh, that was a test to your marriage and not an easy process for sure. Yeah, it, it was super difficult. And it's really hard. And if anybody out there is, you know, going through fertility or knows somebody that's going through fertility, I would say the hardest part of it is not, you know, getting injections and the hormones. I mean, those all make you crazy. But the hardest part of it is feeling like it's your body that's failing. Mm-hmm. On all the tests, you know, my husband, everything was fine. His test came back perfectly normal, perfectly positive. Everything that was going wrong was my body. And that yeah. was the hardest thing for me just because you can't do anything about it. But at the same time, you feel guilty. Yeah, that is so. And I feel like just as women already, we already put so much guilt on ourselves that that probably added like times Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, that was about a year of our, and because we started right after we got married, literally the first year of our marriage was spent doing fertility treatments and where we live, the closest fertility clinic is three hours away from us. Oh, wow. So it was weekly trips and, you know, taking off work and the stress of all that. And, and I wouldn't change any of it. It didn't work out for us, but we learned a lot through, we learned a lot about ourselves, about what my body's capable of and, and all of that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was a pretty trying time. Yes. It's so good that you were able to kind of come out on the other side of that with a positive outlook, because I know a lot of people struggle with bitter feelings and resentment and all of that. And I'm sure you've had your moments, but um, it's so great that you can share your story with um, a positive spin at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So we appreciate you sharing that. I know it's not an easy um, probably thing to regurgitate, <laughs> regurgitate for um, other people just to sit and listen to. So we appreciate that. So we know that adoption was always kind of on your mind um, from early on. But um, what, after the, the failed attempts at IVF, what um, made you decide that adoption was right for you and your husband? Um, so kind of circling back, we, whenever I first found out about this diagnosis that I have, um, the, the doctor that gave me this news told me my only option to ever have a family would be adoption. It was later on, many, many years later on that we figured out that there were medical options as well, as far as IVF was concerned. But for about eight years of my life, I thought adoption was my only option. So I had so much time in my single mid twenties to, mm-hmm. you know, research it, learn about it from other people, come to terms with it mostly, um, kind of get my family on board with it mostly, all of that. So when um when I first started talking to my husband about it before we were, I mean, like I said, newly dating, um, I had only told him that adoption was our option. Mm-hmm. And once I learned that he was on board with that, I dropped it for a while. Um and so once IVF started really kind of failing us, it, there became a, an obvious point where I was done. And mm-hmm. he's so supportive. He was just kind of like, whatever you feel best, I'll keep going if you want to do this a hundred more times or if you're done. And there was an obvious break in it that I was done. Mm-hmm. My body was done. I was tired. I was tired of feeling guilty. I was tired of all of it. 
I'm and sure your hormones from uh, the injections and the process each round was just out of control. Oh I can my gosh. I imagine with those big emotions and those big hormones on top of that, like, oh, I bet you needed a breather. And we're talking about like, you'd cry watching the Brady Bunch when you're on, hopped up on all those hormones. <laughs> I, I, like, it's yes. a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, it's a nightmare. And, and it simulates being pregnant. So anyone who's being pregnant can really relate to that too. I mean, that first mm-hmm. trimester when you're, you're crying every day mm-hmm. and you're hungry and your feet are swelling, like that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. But there's no necessarily no light at the end of the tunnel yet. So right. it's yeah, kind of, yeah, it's kind of give or it's take tough there. to even see the light like when there is light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah. I can't imagine like not, you know what I mean? Like right, to just yeah. overcome mm-hmm. it, even when you know, like yeah. I did this to myself and the result is going to be good. It's still tough. So I can't imagine. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There were several times that were like, why are we doing this? Like, <laughs> this is uh, awful. In a weird way, do you feel like it helped that you got your diagnosis before you were in a relationship? Like you could come to terms with that by your, I mean, not that you weren't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, that you kind of got to live in that with yourself. Like you didn't have to think about somebody else and their future, anything that you kind of got to come to terms with that in your single twenties before you got married and settled down. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of things like that I would always recommend if you're in your twenties and you can live alone, no roommate, kind of come to terms with who you are as a woman. I would always recommend that. But especially in this instance, yes, you're absolutely correct. I was able to, be alone with my feelings, talk them out mm-hmm. with my mom and my friends, or not talk them out. Kind of whatever I wanted to do to cope at that moment, I could. And um, I love that. Yeah, I love that you said to get your family used to adoption because I mean, I, I don't know if it's like a generational thing, but I feel like that's not. It's not. It seems like if you go to someone and say, "I want to adopt," it's just like, "Sweet, what a great idea! Let's go for it." But like, even with my parents, you know, we've talked about it before and there's just like a lot of hesitation there that see, I, like, I don't know, I guess I just didn't really expect the, the hesitation. It, yeah. It just sounds like a good idea to you. Well, so you didn't expect any hesitation from me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, I mean, you're right. There is a generational thing in that it, when our parents or our grandparents were our age and people were starting families, adoption was a secret. Nobody was right. talking about it. Now it's like, let me shout it from the rooftops. Like, but when you shout it from the rooftops, you also get people who come at you like, oh, wow, what a great thing you're doing for that kid. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, what a great thing that kid is doing for me. Right. I mean, he didn't ask for any of this. And he, mm-hmm. he's going to have a lot of stuff to deal with throughout his whole life. He didn't ask for any of this. So it's not, mm-hmm. I'm not rescuing anybody. This isn't a puppy at the pound. Right. This is... Me starting a family in the best way I know how, me taking care of this kid in the best way I know how, and making sure that he feels loved. And we have an open adoption, so that's a lot easier for us than closed adoptions or anything. But, yeah, you're absolutely right that that some people just, they don't get it. And, of course, in any circumstance, they don't know what to say all the time. And it's not that they mean anything bad. They just sometimes don't know what to say. Yes, some of the things that come out of people's mouth. Yes, it's crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) And I'm not easily offended, but I mean, I'll have people, you know, I'm in a lot of adoption groups on social media and and 
some people are very uptight about like language, positive language. Like they don't mm-hmm. want to hear you say his real parents or anything like that. And I'm just not easily offended. So it rolls off my back, but I pay attention to it. And, and it's, it's oh, almost yeah. daily that somebody says something that would offend somebody else. Yes. That you're just like, they don't even know what they're saying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But people don't know what they don't know. No, exactly. That is so true. Mm-hmm. So how long was the process like from when you decided, okay, we were definitely going to adopt to we're open and ready or maybe even to we have a baby? How long was that process? So the beginning process of adoption is really busy, really jam-packed. You're constantly doing paperwork and home studies and um you know, the social worker has to come to your house. I think it was three times for us. And we picked an agency and that took a while to kind of figure out there's so many routes you can go. You can go with an agency or a consultant or just do it on your own or however you want to do it or DHS Mm -hmm. or, um, so kind of ironing out all those details and then going through the process. And I mean, the paperwork, like the paperwork, Mm -hmm. the paperwork, the paperwork is insane. I mean, insane. And I feel like the president of the United States has to fill out less paperwork to do his job <laughs> yes. than we had to do for adoption. But so once you get through that, it actually took us almost two months to get through all that. And that is like me being super turbo speed, working every night on it. I, it was almost a full-time job for me, aside from my real full-time job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so two months was kind of the expedited process because – and then we were talking about background checks that have to go to the federal level. We know nobody – is quick right. when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, two months for about that. And then um, they, they quoted us six to 12 months was kind of their average with our agency of how long people wait to be matched with mm-hmm. a birth mom. So four months later is when we got the call that we were matched. So that was super early anyway. And then that baby was due two to three weeks later. Oh, wow. So before the five-month mark. And did they know that he was a boy? This, that's just a little side note. Yep, they did know he was a boy. They asked us, you know, do you want to know? We know. Do you want to know? Oh, um, how cute. And, of course, we did. I, I can't handle secrets. So Oh, no. <laughs> Power to yes. anybody who can, but it's not for me. Yeah. I, needed, I needed to put either green or pink in that nursery, you know. Uh-huh. But yes. Yeah, so we had... Two weeks before, and he was going to be born in Texas. So two weeks before, we had to go to Texas and wait out his birth. Wow. So that was crazy. But oh, even more I cannot crazy, imagine. Even more crazy was that the day before we got the call that we found out about him, I was offered a promotion, a brand new job uh, to start right away. Wow. So it's like, um, I need maternity leave from this brand new job. Yeah, like, yes, I want it. Oh, but um, tomorrow I'm getting <laughs> yeah. really another huge surprise. <laughs> right. It was uh, it was a lot to handle all at once, but easily the best Christmas ever. It was right around yes. Christmas. Best oh, Christmas. how fun. Yeah. That's awesome. So did okay. you spend Christmas there? Yes. So we had to spend about three weeks in Texas. Um, when you adopt from a different state than the one you live in, you know, we live in Arkansas and then he was born in Texas and there are laws in Arkansas and then there are laws in Texas that aren't always necessarily the same. So those laws, they have to kind of make sure that both states are happy with what's going on <laughs> before we could cross state lines with the baby. 
Wow. So we had to stay in Texas for about three weeks because he was born right before Christmas. Obviously, nobody's working very nobody's hard there. in the government office. Oh, um, no. Yeah. Nobody's touching paperwork during that time period. No, from Christmas to New Year's. Mm. So we just had to wait it out. And at the time, it was so frustrating. We rented a little Airbnb. And, of course, thankfully, we were in Texas and not, like, you know, somewhere super far away from our family because our family could yeah. all visit and help us. But you know, it's expensive that you rent an Airbnb, but I was like, we need a washer and dryer, first of all. Mm, but, yeah. and just, you know, trying to figure out a routine with a new baby in a home that isn't yours is so hard. Oh, but yeah. But when I look back on that time, it's easily my favorite time with our baby. Like, I am so thankful for that time. It was, we had family popping in here and there, but it was just us three and kind of on our own, and we were just surviving. We were going out to happy hour when we could, and just because, like, we had nothing else to do. We didn't even have cable in this Airbnb. Oh, wow. You, it was your own little bubble. I mean, seriously, yeah. we were, like, camping out with a newborn. Oh, wow. That is hilarious. Yeah. That's cool, though, because, like you said, you know, if you were here, everybody's kind of driving you crazy. Yeah. Like it just kind of makes you take things less for granted, I guess. Yeah, slower is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So you've already mentioned that you guys went through an agency. What was your thought process um, on deciding to go through an agency? Did you consider other avenues or was the agency kind of always your plan? Well, it kind of has a few different components to answer that. But I don't know everything about it all, but I know that there are a million different ways you can go, like I mentioned. Um, But because we didn't know anything about it and we both work pretty intense more than full-time jobs we didn't have time to learn about it we didn't have time to read the books on how to adopt a baby so for us using an agency meant that we were paying someone else to think for us Mm -hmm. and that might not sound great but for us it was kind of a convenience fee Let's yeah. pay this agency and they will, they market for you. They, um, you know, they're, they're in the Planned Parenthoods and the gynecologist offices. They're advertising in publications and on the internet and different things to drive people to their site, which ultimately helps a birth mom sign up with them and then pick you. Yeah. Um, so for us, that my husband works in technology. That was just kind of it. Let's use the people who've got it down. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not necessarily the right way, which is the right way for us. And we actually chose, after figuring that out, we decided to choose the biggest agency (laughs) in America um, (laughs) so that that we were really just covering all of our bases. And we knew that if we, you know, we'd already tried adoption or IVF for a year and now here we are in the adoption train we don't want to be waiting for years and years and years like some agencies who are smaller just that's how it is Mm -hmm. um you know there's something out there for everyone and for us it was let's just pay the fee to have the biggest adoption agency and I was kind of crossing my fingers that it'd be in like Hawaii or something but um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that'd be a nice little trail yeah yeah, but in this flight home with the newborn, that that's would be true. The, that might be a deal breaker. <laughs> that, that is, is absolutely true. true. Once he was born, there it was in Texas, year. and we could just drive. You know, when you before you have a baby, you don't know about all these things: the mamaroo and the rock and play, and all these stupid mm-hmm. names for different things. <laughs> yes. You don't know about all of those that you have to have. 
until you have a baby. And now mm-hmm. I'm glad we didn't have to try to fly all that to Hawaii. Yeah. Um, and we could just neat. drive it to Texas. Yes. So, so much true. junk comes along with a baby. Goodness and they all gracious. have the dumbest names. Yes, they really yes. do. And really, a lot of them have the same purpose. Like a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I don't really need all three of these. They do the same thing. Just there's a little bit of a difference, you know. Oh, you're absolutely right. I think I have 17 places for that kid to sit. Exactly. Uh (laughs) But they only like one of them usually. (laughs) Yeah, But it's a different one of them every day. Yeah. Uh, Even truer. (laughs) That's hilarious. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, so we kind of already covered a couple of these questions, so I'm going to skip around. But um, So you mentioned that you have an open relationship with your birth mom. Who decides, like, what, if you have open or closed? I don't remember the laws in Arkansas if you have to pick one. or. And then also, once you pick open or closed, who kind of decides the boundaries and how all of that works? Um, so the agency that we chose actually requires some level of openness, um, but it could just be like a quick email once a year, gotcha. or it could be you're talking every day on the phone, everything in between. Um, so really in that time, when you're being chosen before the baby's born and even right after the baby's born, it's kind of whatever the birth mom wants. Obviously, there's a lot that she has to come to terms with, a lot that she has to um, agree with and Mm -hmm. feel comfortable with. So we just really kind of let her run the world at that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever you want, we can, within reason, we'll make it happen. So she wanted to just kind of be unsure about it at that moment, and Mm -hmm. we didn't blame her. Yeah, Um, that's what I was going to say. I can totally see that. Like, I don't really know what I'm going to want yet. When we were the same way, we thought, you know, some birth moms want twice a year visits. And it's like, you have to fly to their home state. And, you know, if they were in Hawaii, that's a lot of money and that's a lot of time. And they turn off school. So we didn't necessarily want to commit to anything until we knew the situation either. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she's five hours away from us. So the story changed once geography came into the picture too right um but then the first time we met her was a few hours before she was induced Mm -hmm. to deliver this baby first time we met her and so obviously it's like the most awkward first date 
but throughout the day (laughs) yeah but then we've got like eight hours we're just sitting with her waiting on her to deliver this baby and over time you know really get to know her and it's like the fastest connection I've ever had with somebody she's she's young but she's just so great and so just wise beyond her years and I'm thinking back to when I was her age like that is not what would have been on my mind and if I had to make these huge decisions I don't I don't even know what I would do, but mm-hmm. because we had a connection, I feel like we've been able to keep things communicative and mm-hmm. really open. Um, and it's all in the best interest of Ellis, our baby. And I say ours cause he's hers too. And, and I just want to make sure for Ellis that all his questions are answered. Yeah. So if he needs to talk to her someday, if he says, you know, is this in my medical history or why are my eyes this color or whatever it is? I want him to be able to have the answer. Cause I couldn't imagine not knowing like, why is my nose shaped like this? I know it's because my dad was shaped that way. Yeah. So I just, just basic stuff that we don't think about. You take it for granted. And I just want to make sure for him that as much as possible, we can, we can get those questions answered. I love that. Okay. So is it like, is there like a contract written out? Like what, I don't mean this for like Ellis's mom specifically, but like if a a birth mom kind of went crazy or like, is there something that protects both her and you? Or is it like a, you see what I'm saying? Is it like a definitely you have to do this, this certain number of times, or is it more like between you guys? So I do think that things like like that exist. contract not for us I do think that things like that can exist but they don't in our situation um in I can't remember if it was Arkansas or Texas but one of the two she couldn't sign over her rights until two days after the baby was born so it was like at the minute the social worker was sitting there with a piece of paper for her you know 48 hours after the baby was born um to sign away her rights so mm-hmm. that contract exists in that she has no parental rights whatsoever. Okay. Um, but we don't have a contract that says I have to bring him to her once a year or whatever. We have to text or I have to send photos or anything like that. It's more of a moral obligation than contractual. Right. right. And if at any time Ellis says, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable talking to her, I don't, I don't want a relationship with her. That's something we would explore too, but I have a feeling that, you know, if it's, if it's normal for him to have a mother and a birth mother, that that's mm-hmm. just something that he's going to always have. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Okay. So we're going to ask our mom questions that we ask every single time. Um, so s- since you're seven months in, what has been your biggest mom thing or mom worry with Ellis? I have all the typical mom worries, you know, is he, is he doing things on the right timeline? Should he be feeling, is he eating enough? Is he eating too much? I have all those typical mom worries, but I got to say things change a little bit when you're an adoptive mom and you have to think about more of the uh, nurture over nature kind of stuff. I have to make sure I'm bonding with him. I have to make sure that as he grows, his identity issues kind of don't take over that he knows that he wasn't given up or abandoned that he was Mm -hmm. extra loved by two women those sorts of things so I have to really think about every move I make and you know he's in a phase right now where he doesn't want to be put down 
Um, he wants to be held 24 seven. And I think a normal mom would be, you know, Oh, we got to just teach him that he's got to be put down. You can't hold him 24 seven. But for me, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, is he going to feel abandoned? Is he going to feel not bonded with me? So there's an extra layer to just about everything I do in that regard. That's really interesting. I've never thought about it like that. Um, I've thought about that, you know, when you're in an adopted situation, maybe later in life, but when even from birth, you're constantly think making sure you're making that bond, you're putting that extra step towards um, bonding with him. And everything. Mm-hmm. that's it's really interesting to think about that you're putting so much thought and care into his little self-identity and needs before he even know he has any. <laughs> Isn't that what my, all moms do? We, oh my we, God. So we often. overthink it all. Uh, uh, yes, on the daily, every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what is your favorite way to relax after a long day? I'm talking to you guys with my glass of wine right here, right? <laughs> yes, no. some good girl talk, some good <laughs> yeah. wine. I'm always yeah. there for that. Um, so it's it's kind of our routine that my husband puts the baby down to bed every night. We do dinner together. Uh, we'll, we'll run any errands together, but it's our routine that he puts Ellis to bed every night. And that's when I, you know, take my Epsom salt bubble bath and Ooh, yes. watch my guilty pleasure of real housewives. <gasps> oh, <too>. Rachel. <laughs> that, is, that is mine. And Southern Charm and anything on Bravo. Yes. I'm like, what have I missed that's really trashy? And Brent's always like, are you watching a show? I'm like, yes, bye. I don't even have Bravo, so I'm way out on that. Girl, you got to just log into somebody's. I know. I need it. We don't have regular cable, but we have like that a la carte playing cable. But I Uh had to make sure we had... Bravo. That's Bravo. I need Bravo and Food Network. And that's it. Yes. Those okay, are Okay. Y'all are the same. Yeah. Because <laughs> my husband will watch Food Network with me. I'm yeah. usually on my own with Bravo. He'll pop in sometimes. <laughs> oh, my like, husband he asked me for saying this, but he loves Real Housewives too. Uh, he loves Atlanta the best. Uh, that's oh. always the best whenever, because my dad used to like, remember, I can remember uh, being in high school watching The Bachelor and stuff, mm-hmm. and my dad would get so into it, and yeah. it was my favorite. I'm like, Zach, you need to watch this crap with me (laughs) it makes you feel normal they're all so crazy oh my gosh yes Brent will pretend like he's not watching and he'll be like what did Ramona just say and I'm like "Mm -hmm." Mm -hmm." oh Ramona she's a hot mess yeah and it's always what did Ramona just say I cannot believe Vicky got demoted I just need to tell everybody that I mean I I can't believe it because it's been a disaster but the last couple seasons but but it's Vicky She's is, it, is she the OG of the OC? Because I think not anymore. Yes. She's a friend of now, Chris. What? She's a friend of. Yeah. Yep. It's it's the first episode tonight. As soon as we get off of here, I gotta go watch that. She got plans. <laughs> I can't believe that she is like let herself be a friend. I would think she'd be like, no, I'm not demoting myself. Well, I, I think she probably likes the drama of it. People are talking about her, and that's never wrong in her book. That's and she's true. engaged, and so she's going to pretend like she doesn't need it because she's her love tank is so her full. love tank is full. Oh, yes, okay. That's the, I think yeah, that's right. the angle she's going to go for. Like she could not even care less when you know inside. Oh, it is eating her up. Is but there a new girl that replaced her? That's not replacing, but there is a new girl this season. I'm pretty it's sure it's right? replacing. But the no, two new girls younger. from last season were the worst. So, oh, and Gina and Emily, and I always get them confused because they look like each other's names. 
Like no, Gina I agree looks with like you. An Emily and Emily looks like a Gina. And so I just want to erase them well, because, because I'm confused. Emily is a little bit older and I think that her name should be Gina. Yep. 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 Yes, no, no, you're absolutely right. I have said these. And Gina things. looks like an Emily, more, yep. way more like an Emily. Yep. Yeah. So I'm I'm done with them, but they kept them. So anyway, we've yeah. got we've got a lot of work to do after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I need a lot of catching up, apparently, because I've never even heard of Gina or Emily. Yeah, you. Yeah, that's okay. Them. That's okay. They're not great. <laughs> I still want to go back to like season three or four. But anyway, let's we can move on. Yep. <laughs> so TV wine and a bubble bath. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's, that's, sure. that's hilarious. Okay, so what's your best advice to give to a new mom? I would say my best advice is to go with the flow as much as possible. I feel like every day Ellis is a little bit different than he was the day before. So what worked for him on Monday doesn't work for him on Tuesday. Yeah. And it is so easy to be frustrated. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I feel like I guess on the same hand, but another piece of advice, I feel like raising kids with social media is one of the hardest things. It's so much harder than before social media existed because I think I touched on this earlier, but every time I get on social media, you know, I'm at the age where all my friends have kids or babies and they're all, oh, well, my kid's doing this and now my kid's doing this. It's like one big bragging contest. Mm -hmm. And every time I see it, I'm like, oh, well, mine's not doing that yet. Or should he be? Or is he late? Or is he okay? Should I go to the pediatrician? And it is so, I can only imagine it gets worse once it's like, oh, my kid got an A in this class or, you know, And don't you feel like it's it's one or the other. Like, I feel like it's everybody saying, like, look how bad I suck and blah, blah, blah. Like, that mm-hmm. kind of trend. Yeah. Or look what or look how great bento I am. box I made for my kid yes. that's shaped like, like a panda while I was up at 3 a.m. getting <laughs> yes. ready for the day. Like, like I'm somewhere no in the middle. I'm not yeah. throwing cheese slices at my kid's head, but I'm also <laughs> not making them a gourmet grilled cheese and putting it in a bento box. You know what I mean? It's no, like, where correct. are the in-between people, you know? Yes. yes. Like they just we're just okay. (laughs) Didn't I I feel like I've said that before at some point. Like I'm perfectly okay with being a mediocre mother. My my children will know a hundred percent that I love them ten thousand times over. But like, as their Valentine's box sucks. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I got their back to school clothes at Walmart. I mean, that's just where I am. Not hand me downs. My kid has five boy cousins. All your all your clothes are hand me downs. Sorry about it. Yeah, (laughs) all of our boy. I have one boy, and she Chris has four, and so only kid that gets new clothes most of like as a whole was Griffin, her yeah, oldest. She's yeah. gotten the most new clothes. The rest of them, they get new clothes sprinkled in every once in a while. But most of the time I'm like, Lawson will be like, did Collier wear this? Which is the cousin right above, above him. him. And then I'll be like, Collier and Beckett and Griffin all <laughs> wore that. Yep. Everybody, yep. you get everybody. everybody. Well, that it's so funny because Zach said something the other day. I was talking about um, how we back to, I mean, I have four kids. So I back to school shopped at Walmart. Like I'm not making that up. And they have some sweet clothes, but I <laughs> cracked up because, up. oh, for sure. And I cracked up because Zach said, you know, that like Under Armour style clothes, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That's we'll all they want to wear. wear. Yes. And so Zach said, well, did you get the boys some champion? <laughs> Which is, the, <laughs> it's like the Sam's version of the Under Armour. <laughs> and the fact that he knew that that's what it was called, I died. I was like, it's actually Athletic Works from Walmart. <laughs> not, yeah. not even but Sam's Champion level. is in now. 
Oh, she well, was good. Right. And we are in, like with teenagers, like those white with teenagers. I've, I'm officially 90 years old, guys. Um, but like those Kids white, these days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the old grandpa sneakers with like a champion sweatshirt, like a white white champion sweatshirt with the champion logo. I'm serious. Like that is a thing. And it's oh, really yeah. stressing me out. Well, and I mean, the, you see everything right. being on campus. Oh, and gosh. working on a college campus, it's like every year the boys' shorts get shorter and shorter. And it's like when and I was in college, taller. they couldn't be long. Yes, the socks get taller. The shoes get wider. I'm like, I feel like my dad had that very outfit. <laughs> for sure. Yes. For sure. Well, and so like weird. we would never, we would have folded our socks like back over our toe in order for oh, them yeah. to not show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we would wear high socks with yeah, shorts. Yeah, That's And now they're correct. pulling them all the way up. I remember yes. folding, like, going to a game and when I cheered and being like, oh, my God, I forgot my ankle socks. And, like, <laughs> yes. straight up, like, making a random sock or not wearing I socks. had jeans on. Exactly. Yes. Oh. We would have never let our socks show like that. And now it's like socks with sandals, socks with shorts. Nobody socks cares. Socks. That's what's happening on campus right now. Oh, my God. Uh, I can't. Yeah. Birkenstocks, tall socks, boys wearing short shorts, and <laughs> oversized shirts. Like yeah. It'll man. be back to how we did it probably when our kids are in college. Oh, so their bellies are going to show. Look. Well, <laughs> That's not correct. bellies. Well, the, now the crop tops weren't in when we were. No, it was like just like the midriff. It was just, just a, Yes. It was like your shirt was like a barely bit too touched short. The, the barely touched the top of your pants. But that's also because your pants didn't start we're until at right at your butt crack. <laughs> yep, <laughs> those hip bones were out and proud. Now I mean, my hip bones are missing. So yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, what are hip, hip? What are hip bones? Can I'm you imagine that, though that if our zippers were that tall when we were in high school? Oh, somebody would have handed me a pair of high-waisted pants. I would have laughed in their face. Now oh, we would have like, been folding them down like the socks. <laughs> yeah, we would have. Even with skinny jeans or finding a way to bring our thong out still. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. But even when skinny somehow. jeans, when skinny jeans first started coming into salt, it was like, I over my dead I body. never bullet. wear those. And yes. now that's all yeah. I have. Exactly. And now flares, flares are coming back. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And, but I that's like all I, I wore in high school. I yeah. know. It's so, it's so Just hard. all I your clothes. Yep. Oh, really adjust, uh, adjusting to uh, fashion while aging has not been every time. I just look at the kids. I'm like, what, what has happened to me? I know. Well, because those Adidas Superstar, the three stripe shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're back. I mean, those were in when I was in probably sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I should have saved them. My foot's that same size now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, too bad. They would have been out on a lot of opportunities. They would have been vintage, and you could have yes. sold them for a lot of money. Probably. Yeah, called them retro. Yeah, we didn't even know eBay was the thing to save them for, though, y'all. <laughs> now we were oh. with you on AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> that's oh. right. In yep. chat rooms, <laughs> BRB and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Crafting our away messages, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> It was a different oh, time. Yeah, that's hilarious. Kids these oh. days don't know anything about a struggle. Mm-hmm. That's right. That is so true. Okay, Ashley, tell our listeners where they can find you on the web. The best or on AOL. Instant Messenger. <laughs> <laughs> What's your AOL screen name? <laughs> it is funny that I do have a funny AOL and screen name story, but um, my Instagram handle is ar.southerncharm. AR is either my initials or Arkansas. the state of Arkansas. I haven't oh, decided yeah. which one it is. But like both. It's just yeah, both. Both. So AR.southerncharm 
where I'm at. And I post kind of a hodgepodge of things. A lot of stuff about my baby. A lot of cute pictures of him. If you just like to see cute pictures of babies. And he is I, precious. Thank precious. You, thank you. He really is. I don't. I mean. I don't. I feel like this is one of those things that maybe other adoptive moms might like. Come at me with a pitchfork soon. But. I don't think I could have made this cute of a baby on my own. <laughs> oh, he is really That's precious. Like, um, I can say that because I didn't biologically make him. I could not have made a baby this cute. Hey, he was perfectly crafted for you. He That's really right. was. He so really sweet. was. Um, I want to hear your AOL story real quick if you're willing to share it. <laughs> oh, and is, is it the, um, the <laughs> Shep story? Because I cracked up at that today. Okay, I'll tell you both of them. Okay. If y'all got, I, I'm going to make it quick. My AOL story is that I thought I was going to be cute, you know, make my screen name. I was on the dance team, so I made it Dancer Ash. And I thought I made, like, the capitals, like, the D and the A, Dancer Ash. But AOL just kind of merges it all together and kind of, like, hashtags when you can't ever figure out what they say because they're they're too long and Mm -hmm. you need capital letters. Well, everybody at school started calling me Dancer Ash. Um, and asking me if I had a dance rash. Oh. I'm the girl with the rash now. So. Bless it. That's, that is not, that's and not you know, a good one. In seventh one. grade, that'll just ruin you. Oh, yeah, because everything was so serious back then. Now everything it's like, was no, a big deal. I don't have a rash. Y'all shut up. Or maybe up. I do. Get over it. Exactly. It's none of your business. It yeah. was an accident. Leave Mind me alone. Mind your own. Mind your own. But, okay, yes. So somebody wrote me, hey, I don't get hate mail. I'm not that important on Instagram. People mostly just want to see a cute baby or some home decor or whatever dumb joke I have that day. And then they (laughs) move about their lives. But I got some hate mail today. Oh, no. (laughs) Because you mentioned, Rachel, that you watch Southern Charm. That's Mm -hmm. one I don't watch. And Excuse me? I know. (laughs) I know. And I'm really offended. I know you are. And to make matters worse, I didn't even put two and two together that, like, my AOL, my, AOL, my Instagram handle was ar.southerncharm. Oh. That those were similar. I never <laughs> put that together. So, the hate mail today, I guess one of the stars of that show has done some controversial things in the public eye in the last couple of days. They, <laughs> it's Chef, a right? Lot of- Oh, Shep. well, Shep's a, yeah, Shep's done a lot of things. I think you need to catch up on Southern Charm. Put that on your next to-do list. Anyway, continue. <laughs> okay, bucket list. But, so, because of Shep, whoever Shep is, thank you, Shep, I got hate mail today because somebody <gasps> thought that my account was associated with that show. Oh, my gosh. And so, at first, she writes me, like, Shep is, I think she called him a douche or something, or maybe I just inferred <laughs> that. And Shep did this and whatever. And I'm like, who is Shep? <laughs> oh my gosh. That and is so, so I just funny. Google it and I come up with, oh, Southern Charm. And, you know, he's on Southern Charm and he did this and he was making fun of a home. And is ultimately what it was, which oh. is terrible. But I'm just so confused. Like, why are you telling me about somebody named Shep? I don't know a <laughs> Shep. I barely know my own family. I'm a Shep. But... <laughs> So anyway, that was the, I wrote her back like I have nothing to do with that show. <laughs> I and thought it was hilarious. You'll have to go read it, Rachel. Is it still okay. in your stories? I don't remember when I read Probably. it. Probably. Yeah, I think if it, it happened today. today, then I've got time. You'll have to save it as a highlight so we okay. can. <laughs> I highlight. I have nothing to do with Shep, and I like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a disclaimer! 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 Alert. Who is Shep? 
Oh my gosh. Oh, well, you guys hilarious. head over to Instagram and find Ashley at ar.southerncharm. She is not affiliated with Bravo <laughs> Southern Charm unless you want to send her nice messages and then she might be. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, uh, then you can head over to at Surviving Motherhood Podcast on Instagram if you haven't already followed us. And our website is survivingmotherhoodpodcast.com. If you want show notes or links to anything, you'll find them there. Thank you, Ashley, so much for joining us and sharing your story with us. We really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This was a ton of fun. Yay. Well, I'm so glad. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And as always, good luck surviving motherhood. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.